Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. I'd like to thank Natis from Instagram for messaging me and suggesting that we do a sewer's bride. Thank you! Everyone is very grateful. Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to episode two of A Sewer's Bride. And today we have Ashleen and Terry and Malt. And thank you so much for coming. And let's introduce ourselves. And we have especially we have a new host who has never been on the podcast before. So that's exciting. Do you want to start Hi, us off? I'm Terry. Yeah, I'm Terry. I am a medical librarian from Connecticut. Um, this is my first time, and my face is flushed because I actually did a shot of alcohol before I started because I was nervous. I'm an introvert. So I was like, I got to do something. So I'm not <laughs> um, so. Good company. Tori did the same thing. So <laughs> I know, yeah, that's courage. Um, so I am, I write on AO3 under Lady Libris. Um, and yeah, these are my first uh, fanfics I've ever written since I've been doing or the pandemic to try to stay sane. So I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I loved reading everyone's analysis and stuff and watching uh, Tiger Pops. So this is very cool for me to be here. So thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I love, love, love Terry slash Lady Libris' um, analyses on Patreon. So I'm so excited that she came on because she writes the best stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> this is tea, actually, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, anything can be there. We wouldn't know. <laughs> um, I'm Ajlene. Uh, I've been on the podcast a few times. I, uh, I host uh, the Feminist Critique Twitch channel with uh, my best friend where we discuss about um, politics and uh, atheist Bible study and a few other things. Uh, and then I also um, started the uh, Facebook group and uh, I live in Nova Scotia. Um, I'm Molly. I've also been on the podcast before. Um, I live in New Hampshire. I'm um, I work in healthcare and I'm a nerd since birth and really into comics, manga, anime, you name it, um, lifelong, plus just regular re literature reading, um, all that stuff. Awesome. And excited to be here. Yes. And we're super excited to do Restaurant's Bride. So let's get into it. We divided it up into four parts and Molly, you're starting us off. So let's dive in. All right. So the um, chapter begins with um, some sound effects of, you know, a show sound. I don't know if that's rain or wind in the through the trees. Um, and then you hear um, Ulan say, listen up. And then uh, the next panel, I love, it's just a close-up of his mouth. And he says, I've had enough blood on my hands for the day, and I don't need the blood of another 40 on it. Um, so it's just establishing right there what kind of a mood he's in. And his confidence. He's just like, yeah. he doesn't even doubt that he can kill 40 people single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> so 
definitely confidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the next panel, um, he says, so I'll give you five counts to run and hide. How's that sound? And he's on his horse and there's, you know, the bandits, the thugs sort of surrounding him. Yeah, when I when I saw this, I love the fog. Honestly, I love the fog in the trees and the fog in the ground and the snow. Mm -hmm. and one thing that popped in my head was like, death comes on a pale horse, right? Uh, four horsemen. Yeah. The horse isn't pale, but it's like surrounded by the fog and the snow. So mm -hmm. even though he's all black and his horse is black, he's wearing black. His hair is black. He's surrounded by like death. By it comes on a mm -hmm. pale horse. Yeah, the setting is great. Yeah, the fog is amazing. Um, it's very eerie. Yeah. yeah. And so I love the next also, panel, the bravado of these guys. Um, this guy uh, with this bald guy with a beard is, you know, shut your trap, pretty boy, or we'll sell your head to the northern bandits or bar barbarians, excuse me, as an ornament. And then um, he says, kill the horse and then finish him off. How dare. So, yeah. Right. And you know, it's interesting. First of all, I'm glad they recognize that he's pretty, you know, like it's not just us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also like too, like, I don't think we haven't seen his full face yet. So it's just in those close-ups of his mouth and then just sort of the away on the horse. So the next screen, uh, the next panel is just another close-up that I love what he says, you little shit. <laughs> you grits and and <laughs> that Lily is like hiding his face on purpose because you know it's more of a dramatic effect if mm -hmm. you know it's being hidden and we just get glimpses so it's like tantalizing mm -hmm. little excerpts and right. uh, I think I think let's let's give Ulna a little bit of credit I think that he wanted to give them a chance to run away not just because he himself is tired and he's like okay I don't want to do anything but you know maybe he's you know he has some moral bits in him he's like let me see if I can preserve life and give them a chance to live so, mm -hmm. Right. So he's been oh. threatened. Um, so he's going to draw his sword, which he does over the next uh, panel and a half. And then you see him flashing, shing the sound effect. And basically, <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it looks like he just cut the guy's head off. Oh, um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Kind of hard to tell, but that's what it looks like to me. Oh, it's, sort of, it's yeah, very yeah. violent because yeah, it's even yeah. got the blood dripping. <laughs> already have so blood she's got to be really powerful to do <laughs> yeah no, um, no, I've, I've never tried it molly i don't know i know right? <laughs> red. you have to have a nice sword arm to pop pop off somebody's head <laughs> there's also like an aesthetic there right of like you know uh blood on fresh snow yeah. right yeah, yeah i totally wrote that and i have like a total nerdy google doc and what did i i said well first i wrote a uh, thread in Lon's horse means he'll take your head. Ha ha ha. Because I was digging around looking at color symbolism. This is the level of nerd I am. So in Eastern culture, white is death. The color white represents death. So the white snow, the dead men, the blood, the bodies, the whole nine yards. It's all like, it's all in there. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. I, I, you know, I, in my, I'm Jewish, so in my culture, nerd is like the top thing you can be. I never understood why nerd was like bad. So anyway, thank you for being nerdy. Nerdy is the best. Yeah, I have like color, color white, color black, color yellow. Here's what they mean. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he's capable. He's just as capable as he said he was. Or oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, because the the next panel right is him staring at uh, the the two guys who survived this right, and mm-hmm. uh, they are on hands and knees in front of him, and they're like, "We are not worthy." Um, and uh, they they're like, please spare our lives, great Lord. We are the weakest in the gang. We will do you no harm. And like in the back is just like bodies with blood all over the place. Like it's it was a bloodbath. Um, and again, and- like all the snow, all the fog, you know, in juxtaposition with all the death too. Oh yeah, it's it's very. Um, it shows that this guy is super dangerous, like, uh, even though he's the hero. Yeah, he didn't even mess up his hair. And how many guys did he kill? And his hair still looks flipping fabulous. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that to be. I mean, like, you know, it's an aesthetic thing and it's there as fan service. But, like, as a person with long hair, I would never. I think I discussed this last time. <laughs> never do anything <laughs> with your hair out. And yes, he's been uh, apparently right. We learn later awake for five days. Like, there's no way his hair is still straight and luscious and silky after five days of not showering and battling. <laughs> I think it's still with it should be like matted and like you know. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, aesthetic. He like flies around them. He should smell like real bad and just oh, like. No. Oh my god! Yeah. But he was hot. <laughs> Wait, we I'm should insert sure an ad for deodorant here. Yeah, deodorant ad. Yeah. Ah, body spray. <laughs> no scent for five days protects you even in the darkest of battles. <laughs> so you can cuddle with your girl and not turn her off. <laughs> Honestly, when he opens that up, she should have fainted from the smell. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, oh god, it smells like copper, and what what else does that smell? <laughs> sweat, guts, <laughs> copper, and sweat. Guts. Um, well, now that we've sufficiently provided realism here, <laughs> um, back to the fantasy. So he's like, why should I? Uh, you and your gang should have accepted my leniency when I gave you the chance to, don't you think? And of course, it's like, listen, it was the other dudes that you just killed that, you know, like, be, be a little bit nice here. Like, these these guys were just in the back going, God damn. Right? But, um, and like the whole phallic symbolism here, <laughs> what oh, he's stroking. Oh, yeah. He's and stroking. guys that just joined the club today. <laughs> So he's stroking, and then he's got the flower on his neck, like very close to what he's stroking. And I'm like, that is so sexy. That is just all sexual symbolism right there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, like he he's like almost like pricking his finger with yeah. the sword, like you know, almost monodically. Mon- mon- oh, that's I said that wrong, but you know, he's just like, yeah, I'm about to kill you. Probably, I don't know. Um, feeling cute might kill you later <laughs> yeah <laughs> first time we see his face and he's got a phallic symbol in front of it 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did not see it as a phallic symbol, Very but much. that's probably because I'm a prude. Um, I did see it as like a sign of strength <laughs> where he yeah. intimidation, where he says, okay. you know, like he's treating this, this weapon of death so casually where he's just struggling it like it's a toy. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that that's how in control of it he is. And that's how meaningless it is to him. Or that's at least the, what, what he wants to portray to these people. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's absolutely true. There's like, that's the depth of the writing though and the artistry is that you can pull the different symbolism and it all makes sense and it all ties together. So yeah, there's thug and strength and strength and policy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all of that. So actually I want to go back to the one panel because, you know, with the panel with all the bodies lying on the floor, so he had to have killed some of them with their own sword because he has one sword on him and then there's another guy with a sword sticking out of his chest. Yeah. <laughs> like he killed him with his own sword. That's and um, another sword too lying across the bottom. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's like just poetic, not, I don't know, poetic justice because I don't know that I would call these people deserving necessarily. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Like they're bandits. Eh, that's not so great, but deserve to be killed. I don't know. But um, in any case, they were killed by their own weapons, which is tragic, sad, you know, poetic justice, some kind of thing like that. Well, then the red from the blood, too, when I'm looking at it, like the red from the blood, but also the red in his clothing, like it all ties together. Like he brought the death to them, the color red ties him to them, them to him, all of that. Like the only color he has in his clothes, from what we're seeing so far, is the red at the Mm. bottom. And and that's a like, this whole scene uh, is like everybody's very muted colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like even him, uh, his colors are, you know, like uh, dark browns and black, right? So, mm-hmm. and then there is like, you know, the blood, but then also that tattoo really pops out. Yeah, when pops, we- yeah. And then we see his eyes, like when his eyes really glow and you know, all the red tying together too when it comes mm-hmm. to his eyes as well. Which we don't really see so much here yet. You just get a hint of it. But the blood on his face and everything. And you um, know, something... Oh, sorry, go sorry. ahead. Oh, no, I would... Go on. So something that um, I thought of when I saw his, his painting tattoo, which may be a Western uh, mindset, is that, you know, at least in the West flowers are associated with femininity and gentleness and beauty and life. And, you know, to have that simple tattooed on him seems a little bit out of place and incongruous because he's so violent and he's such a a harbinger of death. So I don't know if that has the same association in Asian cultures. You know, it may not be associated with femininity. I had that because guess who did the research? The librarian. Yeah. So I looked at peony symbolism um, in Chinese and Eastern culture and it's bravery honor, good fortune, power, and class. Uh, I also looked at koi fish symbolism too, but we can talk about that when we get there. But then yeah. even the, the title of the episode, Leather and Silk, um, Leather and Silk, like leather is Ulan, silk is Yua, I thought, which also kind of reminds me of shadow and light, which is the big theme that kind of runs through Lily's work. But yeah, the whole thing with the peony, we would think like femininity, flowers, you know, sweetness, love, it was like bravery, honor, good fortune, power, and class, which I it, thought was really interesting. It also says, uh, like, from a quick Google search, because I don't do that much stuff, you know, <laughs> um, but it says king of flowers, right? Ooh, so maybe, 
it's telling yeah. in you know that uh yeah 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 right um, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um so then like the next part is uh these two guys who are like you know hey it wasn't us it was you know our uh leader who you know started this attack on you we're innocent um and then they kind of point to one of the carriages and they're like if you want his head he is hiding in that padlocked caravan it's locked from the outside but there's like the secret entrance that he'll use so like don't worry about us like <laughs> he's over there go get him tiger don't worry about the worms go get the big guy yeah exactly <laughs> Waste your time trying to find that secret entrance. Oh, exactly. Well, I think it's like their diversion. They're like, listen, he's going to be dealing with that. Then we can get that out of here. Or or they're trying to explain to him, like, why in the world would their leader be locked inside of a caravan? (laughs) Yeah, it, like, doesn't make sense. Even even he's just like, what? This leader is hiding from you know while his men are fighting for him Mm-mm, no a good person or like a good warrior doesn't do that shit right um and, and he like kind of goes into how he despises ca- cowards which kind of like foreshadowing stuff maybe yeah. i don't know maybe um oh, but sorry oh no just no, yeah go on people um i love how she did his, his expression here with his eyes you know, like he's like this you can see him being like, really? What the hell? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not buying this. Just the way his eyes is just so expressive that you can, he's like, all right, I'll investigate it, but I don't believe what you're telling me. Oh, yeah. Also, like, I, I also don't think he believes them because, like, who would, right? Obviously, like, no. anyone would lie to save their life. But I think, yeah. you know, he's pretending to believe them to get them, give them a chance to, to run away. Like, he's not stupid. Yeah. He knows yeah. they'll go. Yeah. He, well, he even says in like the next panel, he's like, wash your necks and get ready for my sword. Like, <laughs> you know, get some of that snow and rub it on there. Cause like, I'm going to kill you. It's just happening. Yeah. Uh, and I and love I this. Look. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this like scene of him, like walking away and just seeing his back. It's like, it's still so ominous and like, mm-hmm. oh, love it. Love it. I I have to say this is this is one panel that always sticks out in my mind when I think about this or when I reword it or I'm reword it uh, read it it's just that wash your neck I it just is chilling it very if you know it's um, I would never want to say that to me oh yeah like even at the bottom there it's like fuck I think I just cracked my pants I already did that like they're scared like it, it yeah. is super chilling you know and Big bad bandits <laughs> I mean, how, tall, how tall do you think he is to me he looks like he's like six and a half feet tall just to, as a guess you know what I mean and this is like mm. this era he's a flipping giant right so he's just this monstrously tall strong warrior and they're like, oh God, just let us go. We'll just, we'll just hurry away. Oh yeah. And you see like the I mean, panel where he has his hand up there. It's from like, yeah. it's kind of from the, the two people's perspectives because it's yeah. from the bottom mm-hmm. vantage point. 
So, I mean, I love Lily's artwork. And one thing that I remember reading on her Patreon from, this was from actually one of her earlier posts was she was talking about how she was trying to kind of like move the artist's eye around, like, so, you know, quote unquote, the camera. So mm -hmm. you have different shots and in different angles and mm -hmm. it just really makes for like rich storytelling and, you know, more mm -hmm. interesting um, perspective. So it's just, it's nice to, to see that in play. And especially when it, mm -hmm action lends itself to the story like this where it's presumably their perspective and like showing him looming over them so it adds to yeah, like the emotional visual, effect the visual language like the cinematography is you know i mean is is brilliant mm -hmm. uh, you can tell that she's yeah. really studied or pays attention observes when she mm -hmm. it really reminds me of a lot of uh really famous directors and cinematographers um just the way she angles everything so yeah it's just mm -hmm. super super well done and that's why it just flows like a little in our heads, right? Yeah. yeah. I love how she does profiles too. Um, in a lot of comic profiles are always look very awkward, especially when somebody's talking. Yeah. They always try to yeah. do sort of like that three quarter profile. <laughs> and but she does such a great um, profile that looks so natural. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, she's really good at that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some profiles and some um, that just kind of look like they're jello people, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like their full mouth is on the side of their face, but it's a profile. Yeah. Their whole mouth is here to show they're talking, and it just looks so weird. But yeah. um, So, like, after he's, like, walking away, we've got the bandits who are, like, you know, just whispering to each other where they're like, are you nuts? Our leader is long gone, right? And this like demon soldier is going to like hunt us down and, and we're going to be dead. And he's like, listen, this is giving us some time to escape. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, we got to go now. Um, I would have slashed his guts out, uh, but I would get slaughtered first, right? Yeah, so. Okay trying to be like to have some bravado he's like well if i would have i could have like i really would have killed him but mm -hmm, like, whatever exactly <laughs> dude, just go but, um, <laughs> yeah and then they're again they're just like like how can this buy us time like what's even in that caravan and the other one you know informs him he's like it's a princess a beautiful one like he's gonna be busy with that shit not with he doesn't care about us anymore okay <laughs> Well, that does demonstrate the first of all, the second guy is clearly smarter. He's the one who thought of this excuse. The first guy is like, what are you talking about? He doesn't even recognize it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. And he also has been asleep all day. So he's clearly not the most assiduous of the bunch. <laughs> Listen, being abandoned is tough, okay? You have to steal stuff and whatever the right. heck you do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the, the next panel is just very simple. He's walking over to, uh, to the caravan. He sees the padlock and he goes, here I come. Cause he's, he thinks that like the, the leader guy is in there. By the way, the padlock is shaking. I think you was trying to get out. Oh yeah. I didn't notice yeah, that. Right. I also just yeah. noticed it. <laughs> I feel like she's a bit of a spitfire. So she would be like trying to get out the whole time. But I'm surprised that like he couldn't hear, like she wasn't yelling or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, oh. but he She's he grabs. Sorry, going to be stuck and sneak out while like the battle's away from her. Mm, that's true. Um, so then he you know grabs his sword. Here I come, swoosh, 
he like breaks it it snaps one you know full swoop he actually like breaks the door open it's not just the padlock he like rips this door apart uh and that's when we get this uh scene of um of uh yua who is vastly different from all of the other parts that we have seen um because she's wearing like this these pink tones compared Mm -hmm. to like these dark browns and like reds Mm -hmm. she's also i mean the way that she's framed is just incredible like she's framed against this purple background it's kind of like stars and she's yeah stars yeah, she's depicted as yep. extremely gorgeous. She has this startled look on her face and she's she's scruffy, like she's, you know, she has some dirt all over her face and, and clothes, but she's gorgeous. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a distinct contrast to the, the blood and gore and presumably the smell around us. <laughs> yeah, she's like otherworldly, right? With like, when I, I mm-hmm. thought that too, when I saw this, I think I wrote in my notes, I was like, she looks like she's in a galaxy. She looks like stars, right? They're surrounding mm-hmm. her especially. In the next panel, when we get a little closer, and then uh, nerd alert! Here comes the nerd. So pink. I looked up pink because uh, yeah, it is shocking when all of a sudden you see this this pastel palette. And pink, of course, is love, romance, caring, but also tenderness and calm. And then the koi are abundance, good fortune, perseverance, beauty, and strength. So it's like it's giving us hints to. Her place in the story, right? That she's the romantic interest, uh, she's the love interest, but she's also something more than that. Yeah. So. Also, I wanted to point out some character traits that I, I noticed through um, Wuhan's breaking of the carriage door, like you said, the caravan door. So this is a man who, whether through upbringing or whether through his immediate experience with his battles, he does not have patience. He expects things to happen quickly and to get his way, and he doesn't mind destroying things to get them. So, you know, some people maybe who were raised with, who were raised poor, right, they appreciate the resources around them, they wouldn't needlessly break things, but either he has been raised wealthy and he doesn't care about objects, and he doesn't, you know, it's not something that, like, he would be deprived of if if he broke one, or or the, the stress and the experience of the battle the last couple of months, and especially the last days, has just pushed him to a, a point where he just doesn't care, and he just needs to get stuff done fast. Yeah, that's kind of where Eileen, it's just like, he's exhausted, he's just burned out, he just is like over, he's past it, right? Um, he just is like, let me just get this over with, get away from these bandits, get on with my life. So, yeah. Um, so it looks like we're on page 20. So yeah, here's you all looking stunning. Uh, she looks very ethereal. She looks very angelic. Um, and she's wearing the beautiful rosy colors, you know. Um, and of course, then we go to the next panel and he is gobsmacked. He's completely stunned. Um, and this is when we get our first real full face of him. And I remember the first time I read this, I was like, when I first saw this panel of you, I was like, oh my God, I love this artist. This is so gorgeous. And I remember showing this to somebody at my work. I'm like, look at this. And then you scroll to him and you're like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, how are you? But yeah, I mean, stunning, right? And then the pops, we were talking earlier about like the pops of red. So with the tattoo on his throat at the peony and then his like ruby-like eyes. I don't know what his thing is on, on his chest. I was trying to look at it earlier. I'm like, is it, uh, first I was like, oh, it's a snake. No, it's not a snake. I'm like, is it an octopus? <laughs> I don't know. 
And I love how we're kind of looking at him through the back of her head, right? So we're seeing him from what she's seeing because we see her fingers and we see her hair. So she's just as stunned as he is. But then of course she's sassy. So the next scene she pops herself out of the caravan and tries to push him away to run, um, which doesn't really work. He grabs her and throws her down. Um, and then he refers to himself as a wild dog, which, you know, don't you know, never run from a wild dog. So to me, that was interesting too. Like he sees like this wildness, this like feral quality in himself. Um, and he'll just chase whatever he can if you run from him. So it'll get excited and chase you down harder. He's kind of pinning her down um, in the snow. Again, here we go with like the white, the duck, the snow, but is the pink on the snow. And she's sassy, so she gives it right back to him. She's like, are you calling yourself a wild dog? And she's panting. And he looks very flirty here in the next panel. He's like some, something like that. And you can tell, I think, a lot from his eyes here that he thinks she's babe. Um, <laughs> you can tell he's trying to get a little here. Um, I wanted to yeah. go ahead. Um, the fact that he calls himself a wild dog, to me, it reminded mm -hmm. me a lot of Torah and kind of his self-image. Um, yeah. We'll see a little bit throughout the cartoon, like throughout even Asura's Bride, we'll get to learn more about Ulan and his background. But the fact that he sees himself in that manner and he and he's kind of like sunk so low in his own estimation as so as to call himself that, that to me shows, you know, it's, you know, it's not something that most people would consider laudatory. It's considered a negative thing to be a wild dog. But I feel like this is what he thinks of himself. Like this is who he's become, you know, whether he likes it or not, but this is who he is, which, you know, probably, well, we'll see more a little bit later about how he feels about it. But um, I thought it was interesting that he already identifies as himself as that. Yeah, it's like that whole feral thing. It's like, this is what life has made me. I'm not this cultured person. Um, don't make me hurt you. Don't make me chase you. But if you run, I will do this. Um, yeah, and it's that, that kind of self-loathing that's in there, deep in there, right? Um, so he, he says, so you're the leader of the bandits. Tell me how many more of them are out there. I'm getting pretty sick of being ambushed by enemies. So that's kind of like a hint of what he's been dealing with for the last long while now. Um, really thinks, do you think at this point he actually thinks she's the leader of the bandits? No, I just think no. that's totally fantastic. And he's like, oh, so you're the leader of the band. That's wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like to kind of, I think he's also trying to pull her out and see what she says. And, you know, she's sassy. Uh, While well, there's an entire horde of bandits awaiting my return up ahead. And she's squirming and struggling. Like, I would, I'd probably be nailing them in the balls, let's be honest. How <laughs> uh, about making more enemies and let go of me? And then he says, good idea. And he smells her. Oh, so. boy. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> wait, wait. As we let's hope she doesn't smell him back. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're no smells like. Yeah, I said to my husband, I'm like, what is it with guys like wanting to smell our necks, wanting to smell our hair? And he's like, mm, you smell good. And then like, he just, it's like, I'm really curious because I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't walk around like snorting my husband's head. I, I just don't. Um, so it's like this whole sensory thing. And I think, what is it, like pheromones? So he instantly, I know we'll talk more, he's smelling something specific, but it's like this whole like 
when you find the person that you're really attracted to on like a chemical level, they smell amazing to you. And it's like pheromones. So he's already, he's known her for 30 seconds and he's already sniffing her. So. <laughs> That's funny. So I will say, neither my husband and I, we do not sniff each other. So I just, <laughs> whenever I read in like, in like romances, like, oh, he smelled her hair. And it's like, oh, your shampoo smells so good. Or like people say, oh, she smelled of like vanilla, cinnamon and strawberries. I'm like, I do not relate because I don't think my sense of smell is very heightened. Like I just don't uh, see the world that way. <laughs> so <laughs> and my husband will come up behind me and just put his, his nose on like the back of my head and just be like, <laughs> you're making it sound unromantic. You have to make it sound like it's the most romantic thing in the world. Together is too long. Oh my god. <laughs> it's also a quality of a dog, right? If he's sniffing. <laughs> well, well he did say he was a wild dog right so anyway we we do find out why he says why he's actually sniffing her he it is actually for a purpose and he tells her <laughs> let's be friends instead and then you have this panel of her extremely shocked face and with a little sweat mark and her eyes wide open. And she's like, what? And it's it's super sexy this way. I mean, he's pinning her down by her hands. It's like a classic, you know, male dominance mm-hmm. kind of, you know, trope thing. And then we have a zoom in of her lips, which is like, this is what he's seeing and what he's probably lusting after, her beautiful, yeah. delicate, dainty lips. And then he kisses her. <laughs> So I forgot to mention in the beginning of the, of the episode, but we're doing the the uncensored version, the version that's not on uh, Webtoons, the version that's on Patreon. And mm-hmm. Lily took this off because there were people who were <clears throat> who felt this was um, not appropriate of Uan. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yes, he didn't ask for permission to kiss her, but he's also a murderer. So like, whatever, like, you know, <laughs> uh, murderer slash warrior, I guess you can't necessarily say murderer, but um yeah, like barbarian, like that's yeah, right. the whole era, like the Mongol era, era, right? So, like, right. I mean, I like I personally don't mind this version, right? But I guess yeah. for some people, you know, like that absence of uh, consent is yeah. can be an issue. So I can see why uh, Lily took it off, but I mean, it's also pretty easily accessible to to get it. So like. It's on Pinterest. If you don't know about it, you can find it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, like you were saying, Terry, this is, it's not like the 20th century, right? It's, mm-hmm. and he's a warrior. It's just a totally different time and culture. And, um, you know, I think like a lot of people don't like to admit it, but people, there's, people are very attracted to this strong man who just does things to you. I mean, like, yeah. What's the most popular book, you know, for the, the past couple of years, Fifty Shades of Grey, all about that. And I didn't read it, but, you know, it's like, it's a very common thing in women's yeah. stories. It's like, you have a strong man who, like, takes charge. So. Yeah, it's the whole alpha male thing. And there's a whole, like, whole ton of romance novels and, and stories out there. They're all based around, like, the alpha male, you know, that dominates. Oh yeah, it's if, definitely a thing. If you guys... Okay. Um, if you guys <laughs> you have never, about? okay. Cause so there is like this genre called Omegaverse, right? And if you guys had oh, like, God. and it ended up in like the My Supreme favorite. court and like, but what you need to do, cause what? I don't know about this Omegaverse. What is it? Okay. Okay. Oh, so, Lord. okay. So I mean, 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to get too much into it, right? But if you want to learn more okay. about like the Omegaverse and like the big controversy that was around it, I think the New York Times did an article about it. And then also Lindsay Ellis did a two-parter article about this one particular person who was trying to sue people for about the genre. And it is absolutely wild. It's like mean girls, but writing about wolf sex. And it, yeah, it's cool, like wolf sex, like yeah. alpha, mega, beta, yeah, and like, but like, <laughs> like, like maybe don't, lie, don't, say, don't Google this, but like nodding is a whole thing. Um, keep your prude cred, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I don't so, think I would like this. I'm also so curious as to how this there. ended up in the Supreme Court, but okay. <laughs> well, not like the Supreme Supreme Court, but like I think the Oklahoma Supreme Court no. or something. But like you have to watch this video. It's by Lindsay Ellis. It's on YouTube. There's a two-parter. It's a it's long, but it is a fucking trip. Like, <laughs> so good. It's, so good. It's it's amazing that such a um a huge genre now and like I mean so many Korean manhwa and like uh, Japanese manga are all about Omegaverse and it's just kind of, it's just freaky and weird, but um, yeah. kind of fun. Well, the, well, that's the thing. Like when that big story came out and people were like, oh yes, these people started the Omegaverse, you know, like genre or whatever, where I'm like here going, I was writing this shit circa 2004 within Uasha fan fiction. Okay. <laughs> it's been around way longer. Yeah. Yeah. It's been around for quite a while. Yeah. Well, it's really just the alpha male thing. I mean, oh my God, you can go back to like film noir, right? And like the detective books of that era that were written by men. And, you know, you can just keep going back and back and looking at examples so, of alpha The Maltese Falcon with um, Humphrey Bogart. I mean, yeah. He smacks the yeah, I he smacks watch that, female like, lead like yeah. a couple times, like, and it's just oh well, okay. He just slaps her across the face, yeah. um, but it's considered like you know he's just so sexy in that movie and everything. It's just amazing. Um, but well, like the whole um, kisses her, right? I mean, yeah, because yeah. they just watched it yeah. the other night. Um, yeah, like yeah. he slaps her and exactly. Her. And we're supposed to be like, yep. oh, someone slapped me. Oh, dude, it'd be on. It'd be a rumble. Yeah. <laughs> it also it also makes me think of that um the the whole Kabe Don thing the the guy standing with his hand on the wall like over the woman like really close that's also yeah. a huge sort of that male dominant you know mm -hmm. you're flat against the wall and he's leaning over you kind of thing <laughs> it makes me think of the George Michael on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've definitely said this before in the podcast, like the husband was like the sweetest of the sweetest pies. I'm like, okay, he's not super, he's not that sweet, but he's, he's very, um, he's very loud in many ways, but yeah, not at all an alpha male. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely love the tall, dark and broody and my husband's like tall, dark and grumpy, but he's not, a, he's definitely not alpha and he doesn't try to dominate. It's just, he's a grumpy dude. And it makes me laugh because he's like Squidward, sort of. <laughs> You know, Squidward and Plankton kind of together, right? But yeah, yeah. It's a very fine line. Yeah. Broody and asshole. <laughs> Broody versus asshole versus abusive dickhead. Yeah. yeah. I realize one of, one of the things is like... We've ruined the moment with this what? comic. We've, we've completely ruined the moment here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Back to the kiss. They're kissing. Um, you know, Yua doesn't seem to mind it that much. She looks a little surprised. 
but um, she has her eyes wide open, but she doesn't, at least in the initial panel, she doesn't seem to be pushing him away at all. And he seems to be gentle with her. He has his hands on her face and mm-hmm. it, it seems like a quiet moment. It doesn't seem like it's like I'm, I'm ravishing you moment. I'm like a pushing himself on her. It does seem like it's sweet and gentle. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, her hair is like, you know, blowing out there on the snow. So, you know, she just left the royal palace. So it doesn't make sense that she would be still looking pretty. <laughs> but anyway. Ooh, on her face, she's still stunning. Yes. And then you see... Um, you know the in a panel of just their mouths and like she's she's like panting so yeah i think she enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> and they're still very very close together and he says i see kadapu wine i thought i smelled something fragrant on you so that's what he was smelling and then he caresses her cheek like oh my gosh he literally just met her like 10 seconds ago and he's already being all like affectionate and he says and he's huffing now uh, i think this is her huffing actually so she's still panting. Like this is an intense kiss for her. Uh, probably her first kiss. Probably <laughs> first, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, so you're not a bandit after all. My apologies. I must have frightened you. And then, because he's a jerk, he says, want to go again? <laughs> well, I had to get it from somewhere in his family background. And here it is. Want to go again? That's such a Torah thing. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And then she slaps him. Good for her. <laughs> Girl. So she enjoyed it. But she's like, no, you can't do that. You gotta ask me. But really, but then we see her thoughts. And you know, the reason that she was so shocked is because she says she thinks to herself, that's our royal ceremonial line, a long-held family tradition of the royal family of Sean. How did he? And she's, you know, like, this is something that's like a deep secret. So she's shocked that he knows about it. And she pretends that she doesn't. And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. My boys will arrive any moment now, so you better get off me. <laughs> and like, she, it's an emphasis. So she's really like trying to intimidate him, which is, you know, she doesn't have much to go against him. But, I, you know, we like her spirit that she is, you know, trying to be defiant and to boss him around. <laughs> oh, she straight up cuts him, though, in like the next panel, right? You can pull that from her, right? The two scratches on his cheekbone? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she has this very indignant look on her face. And yeah, so he's, you know, she managed to do some damage to him and add to his already damaged face. And he <laughs> has this very, like, sly, sarcastic, like, jokey look on his face. He's he's just still teasing her. He doesn't mind that she hit him because, you know, he's probably used to that stuff already. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody likes you, like, it's a form of attention, even if it's not positive attention, right? It's better than indifference. So I think that, you know, he's enjoying it. <laughs> Things like I got a reaction out of her, a good reaction. Right, exactly. Someone like him probably enjoys that, right? I think he would enjoy it better than, oh my God, I love you. You're amazing. (laughs) Take me, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Right here in this caravan. (laughs) More open or not. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, we can't be reminded of that. Thank goodness they get to a river later on, but like let's let's stop. Let's stop talking about that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, just uh just you know, all that sweat and blood uh take me. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit of like TMI here. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So my husband generally showers in the morning. And then when he showers at night, I'm like, ah, I know what you want because I'm very insistent on that. So it's like when he showers at night, there's something he wants. Oh. 
So Mulan would not have a chance. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Silky babe. <laughs> so he says, um, you don't know, I'll tell you what it is. An extremely rare wine from the Shan Kingdom served only to the Shan princesses on their wedding day. And, you know, she apparently is giving him a face because he says, don't look at me like that. Being a soldier comes with its perks, including wine sampling, <laughs> which is just funny. Um, yeah, and he does obviously know his stuff. And then he gives her a face, which is like kind of semi-joking, but perhaps maybe even really serious. Um, he says, mm -hmm. sorry, your wedding plans were foiled. Do you think he's like actually sympathetic here? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Okay. Well, you all have so little faith in this. Like, just going, like, zoom, 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 right? His brain, and he's like, who is she? Can I steal her? I like her. I smooched her. Uh, ooh, he's not getting married now because I'm going to go with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's Sorry. the thing. We, we don't, from, like, just this chapter, he just killed a bunch of dudes, broke open a caravan, grabbed her, kissed her, and now he's like, flirting with her and like we're we're at this point where we're like what kind of guy is this <laughs> yep. and here he's he is being he goes on and he's aggressive again and he they're standing up both of them are standing up now but he's like it seems like he's pulled her up and um he's grabbing her by the wrist and he says but you can drop the bandit act now because you're coming with me your highness princess of shan so he's like Cut the crap. I'm done flirting. You're coming with me. You're not a bandit. I know exactly who you are. And, you know, this is like a power move. He pulls her up and he tells her that he knows who she is. And that's how we end this episode. Well, I also wonder too, because she's got the koi wrapped around the bottom of her dress, right? That that's, and I, forgive me if this is revealed later in the, in the series, but is that like a, a symbol of the house of Sean or something? So he's like, ah, you've got, you're wearing this, right? these colors the symbolism i know exactly who you are you know know which one which of the princesses you are but i know you're one of them well i'm wondering i mean presumably it's kind of like common no no because they it was just yesterday that the advisor said that but let's let's let them get married but um but theoretically other people would have speculated that the kingdoms you know would marry um would you know marry their daughter off in order to gain that alliance. So even if it was only suggested yesterday, presumably they, you know, other people would would guess that this is what's going on. You know, people who are who are involved in politics and aware of those things. Hmm. So what are your thoughts on this episode? What do we learn about Yuan, Ulan, <laughs> their beginning of their relationship? <laughs> uh, a little rocky there. <laughs> Well, uh, we know that she's not a wilting flower, right? Um, think about like she's been kidnapped by bandits and now this, this guy shows up and, there's, and I'm sure she saw the bodies in the snow and must know he's the one responsible for it. But she still gives him a lot of sass and fights back and slaps him. And so she's showing a lot of her character too, that she's a strong woman um, in an age where strong women weren't necessarily greatly appreciated right so that's a lot of her character that we're seeing there too um and then letting those two lowly worms the bandits 
uh, run off is also showing part of his character as well, right? He's not just going to slaughter everybody for the sake of slaughtering everybody. Um, so it's, it's like a mixed bag so far, but definitely fireworks and sparks aplenty flying through here. One thing I wanted to mention was um, there's a floral motif also on her dress and it's hard to tell whether it's plum blossoms or cherry blossoms. It could be, it, it could be either one. Um, they kind of look more like cherry, but um, you know, uh, I know that those symbolize, you know, like spring, but plum blossoms specifically, they start in the winter and go through into the spring. So they're, they represent resilience, strength, withstanding. Um, so I kind of, I don't know, and I don't know if Lily's ever said anything about which blossom it is. Um, and cherry blossoms also kind of represent life into death um, because they're so fleeting. They, you know, they bloom and they're gone, but they're so beautiful. So I just, I think that's an interesting aspect too with the cherry blossoms and the koi fish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know in the first episode, they mentioned how she's the fourth princess. Um, and I don't know, Mindy, if you guys talked about this um, yet. Probably not but to the extent you did. So let's, probably not to the extent of research you did. So let's hear. Well, no, I mean, I just I googled like, like symbolism of the number four in Eastern culture. And the number four is unlucky. Mm. So she's the fourth princess. Mm -hmm. She'd be the unlucky princess, right? So all yeah. of this happened to her even though it's going to take her on a journey that becomes something amazing in her life. It's not very lucky at first that, you know, this happens. She's being, she goes to get married, the bandits kidnap her and it's her, her sister or remembers the first princess's wedding, but she's not there. So now it's hers and that she gets kidnapped and then she gets kidnapped again. So the unlucky princess, the fourth princess. Okay, so um, yeah, we discussed a little bit about how she must feel like being the fourth princess in, um, in the last episode. So in deference to, <laughs> I just need to go. Um, let's wrap this up, but um, I'm gonna stop the recording, but I, we, I do wanna do a few minutes of some questions for the extra Patreon content. So mm -hmm. um, thank you so much. And I'm gonna hit, stop recording and then we'll start recording again. <laughs> I'd like to thank my current patrons for their support. Susie, Polly, Lady Livereth, Mary, Alley Cat, Chelsea, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, and Maria. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh -huh.